You are listening to the D-Bad Movement. This is the Don't Be a Dickhead podcast with me, John Gilbert. Me, Ian Thompson. Me, Alex King. And today we have a very special guest. We have a man who has spent over 20 years in Humberside Police Force before turning his hand to stand-up, which he now does professionally. And amongst other things, is the start of BBC Radio 4's Alfie Moore, It's a Fair Cop, which is now in its... Is it... What season are you in now, Alfie? Five. Done five. 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 Well, welcome along to, to Don't Be a Dickhead. Just kick us off on our topic of crime. I've got a question for you all. You know the movie The Purge? Huh? Mm-hmm. So the idea of that is you they legalise crime for just 12 hours a year. What would you do in The Purge? You know, like when you're trying to get to sleep and um, people walk past your house and wake you up. Now, because I, I live quite a, lot, a busy area and there's quite a few pubs on the main road that I live just off. And so people walk past and keep you awake. It's down. So I think I would probably set myself up in a little sniper's box. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think it'd do, I don't think I'd need to do much, you know. I think just, you know, group of people, been a bit loud in a group. One of them, their head just flies apart all of a sudden. They're not quite sure why. Happens in an instant. The rest of them, are pr- pr- it'd show up pretty soon. I reckon. That is, that is true. Yeah, so it doesn't need to be mass murder. Just, just exactly. One, yeah, I right, reckon. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I could right just quietly take one person out. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was right up on the spot. You didn't know that we were going to ask you that question, no. so it was uh, obviously been stewing on your mind. I think about this when I'm <laughs> when I'm about to it work a lot. at night. I think about this yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For a bit of a juxtaposition. Here's what I was going to say: is I would go into those arcades with the ten p falls and just tip it. And just see how satisfying that would be. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And, then, and, and take it, or go to a supermarket and take 20 items through the 10 items or less. But yeah, blowing somebody's head off, that's another option. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope Alex says genocide or something, otherwise I'm going to look awful. God, you've set the bar now, Ian. Over to you, Alex. Well, what I was thinking, I've kind of had another thought about it, and I think it would be actually quite a negative outcome. But I would go around to like zoos and let all of the animals out. Yeah. Oh, that could have a negative outcome. all of the... Yeah. yeah but I would go out and rescue all of the animals. Yeah. yeah so the, after... What, you'd be like, oh, who's let these out? You mean you'd clean up after yourself the next day? Yeah, maybe. Stepping over the corpse. I've not really thought the about the aftermath of it. No. Yeah, because then the monkeys would all come down my street and start yapping loads. Yeah. And you know what would happen then? <laughs> Monkey genocide. <laughs> Monkey genocide sounds like an Alan Partridge TV show gone wrong. <laughs> You know, these rumours that go around about different crimes that we have in, in the UK, most of them are bullshit, but I've been doing some research, and here are some of the things you could do during the, the purge, which normally would be illegal. You could enter the Houses of Parliament wearing a suit of armour. Wow. That, that is still illegal. You could fly a kite in a park. You're not allowed to do that. Well, look, because it's dangerous. I've definitely done that. I mean, I've flown drones in parks, but I've definitely flown a but- kite. I think flying a drone is okay because you've got a license, it's safe, but kites are just unpredictable. They could just take somebody's eye out at any moment. Fair enough. That must be a newish thing then. Did you never arrest anybody for flying never. a kite, Alfie? Never. <laughs> never. That's a surprise. I hardly arrested anybody. I just kept my head down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to with kites flying around. Yeah. Um, and, an, and another thing that you're normally not allowed to do, but that you could do during the purge, in the UK, you would be allowed to handle a salmon suspiciously. You're going to have to yeah. explain that one. I need yeah. more information. 
Is it legal to handle a salmon suspiciously? But how would as you in, like, handle it? As part it? of the 1985 Salmon Act. As Why in, is it as suspicious? In, as in like tampering it with it sexually? I think it'll be a poaching <laughs> thing, won't it? I think it'll be oh, right. if, the, if the police stop you and you've got a salmon <laughs> under your coat, you know, it'll stop the excuse of, oh, I've just, uh, I've just found it or whatever. The fact that you're, uh, it's a bit suspicious because it's under your coat. I should manage to catch poachers, I'm guessing. No, I think I don't think it's any of those things. I think it's just purely to do with the human's mannerisms at that time. If you handle salmon confidently and you're like, oh, here's me and this salmon, that'll right? be, that's yeah. fine. If if you if you handle the salmon and go, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, and you're like just loud like, and proud, mm. loud and proud, loud and proud. You can only handle the salmon confidently, right? Yeah. If you're suspicious about what the salmon might do or anybody else around you, it's therefore a crime. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the letter of the law as I see it. Wow. My, my, my head went straight to, like, touching up a salmon. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, so long as you do it confidently. Mm. Yeah. If, if, you, if you do it cheekily. You've got to mean it. You've got to mean it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah. They don't want any shy perverts handling salmons. No. <laughs> So, so to change tack slightly, <laughs> so what's going on with our uh, attitudes to the police at the moment, collectively? It's, it's, uh, we're quite fickle and we sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing a finger at the at media here, at, at our media. I've witnessed, and I like to think, I, I, obviously I've got, I've got my filter on like everybody's got their filter on, and my filter's probably a little bit sort of uh, defensive of the police, but I've noticed a definite sort of negative media campaign against the police since lockdown really if you remember the early days of lockdown the media trying to i mean the media used to report news and now they, they like to create news i think because of bored and so we had we had a lot of things all of the papers about people having picnics and 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 people at, at breaching lockdown rules and 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 that was all over the papers why aren't the police doing anything why aren't the police doing anything they were slagging the police off for not acting and the police were sort of pushed into into then taking action. And then the week after, the papers were full of, look at these horrible fascist cops treading on this poor lady's barbecue, harassing these dog walkers in the middle of the Lake District. And it turned again. Looking at that salmon suspiciously. Yeah, handling salmon. But, but it, it just turned again. And it just flipped backwards and forwards. The police aren't doing anything. The police are... Are, are doing too much, and it just backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And and I think obviously we 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 had the uh, the unlawful killing of George Floyd, and then we had the Black Lives Matter uh, protests, and then we had lots of people on the street. And again, the police were were between a rock and a hard place because we shouldn't be on the streets because we're in the middle of lockdown. But everybody's got sympathy, or many people had sympathy towards the BLM movement. So the police don't know what to do. And if they let people pull the Colson statue down, then we're being soft. And if we if we if we margin and disperse people, then we're being racist. So it's I think it's a really difficult time. And and I think public opinion is is quite negative towards the police and, and morale therefore within the police is very low at the minute, which and I sort of feel for them. Mm. Mm. I think that's something that we, we can do, I suppose, is just try and be empathetic to that. Cut people slack, really. Yeah. Where, where possible. Mm, yeah. Mm. So I suppose it's tell what we, we can do about that. You don't have to, to literally, but you're not allowed to pat them on the back, are you? We don't have to pat them on the back of that, but there's certain things that we can stop doing. Yeah. <laughs> you can try it. Give, a, give a pat on the bottom. 
Uh, I would. Yeah. And, and see... Uh, and let, let, Cheeky pinch. Let, let me know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Alfie told me to do it. <laughs> no, why, why don't... If you see a cop, you know, why not say hello? Why not smile? Do you know what I mean? You won't lose any street cred. Just be nice. Be mm-hmm. nice to cops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's be hug, nice to Hug cops. a copper. Yeah. But don't hug the copper. I, I mean, and, and regarding the negative media thing, and, and obviously I say I acknowledge that I'm looking at things through my own filter, but if you've been following my sort of social media, John, you'd have seen that uh, today was a story about uh, a woman was injured because a guy in a stolen car uh, refused to stop for police and is is made off, had an accident, and and then 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 they left the scene. And that headline in the newspaper said, a woman hurt after police pursuit. That's what the headline said. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the one yesterday was a guy in Brighton and he was naked from, from the waist up. He was, uh, he'd assaulted an emergency worker. He was waving a broken bottle about, threatening people. And, and, and when the, and then the cops turned up and he wouldn't put the bottle down and they tasered him. And the headline simply read, man tasered by police in shop. That was the story. It wasn't the fact mm-hmm. that he was going around with a broke bottle and attempting to assault people. Uh, it, it, and they bravely sort of stepped in and stopped him. The story became the police have tasered somebody. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's getting yeah. increasingly more frustrating for, for the cops out there who can't speak up about it. And so I feel sort of I could do my little bit from the outside to, to voice their frustration, mm-hmm. really. But as you know, so stories like that, stories with taser in the title and stories with police pursuit in the title get more clicks and that's better yeah. for get its clickbait really is what it is. But not very responsible yeah. journalism, I don't think. No, no. And I think what we can do and the collective we is just is be aware of that. When you see a message that whether it's it's been the mainstream media or something somebody's put out on social media that's there to incite anger in you. It's just just take a moment and just think, right, where's this coming from? Is this legitimate? Because we just see people just waiting there to get angry, get angry about everything. We do. We can be too responsive to it. To move us on slightly, let's let's put the fun back into crime. Because why right. do people do that? I don't think. So the number one the number one crime that's committed by people in the UK is singing happy birthday. In a restaurant. Why is that a crime? So it's a crime. Is it, is it a, a copyright crime. issue? It's a copyright issue. So it's not a crime for you to sing it at home. But if you do it in a restaurant, it's considered to be a, a public performance. What about if no one else is there? And you have to pay some money towards Warner Chapel. If nobody else is there, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't got the legal textbook on it. When was it written? It was written over 100 years ago. But since then, they've actually they've launched a... The record label said, we own this song and we, we they've made like a special case to it. And if you play it on the radio or you, <coughs> you do it in any kind of public performance, you're supposed to pay them a royalty. But what's what, what if you change in any given year? Is it, what, what if you, is it the melody or the lyrics? What if, what if you change the word such so as uh, suspicious salmon handling to you <laughs> or something like that? Would that count? <laughs> no. No, you'd be all right. You'd be all right if you wanted surely, to. Surely that would be plagiarism then. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, that would only be if you were profiteering. Now, as somebody who has 
penned the second most popular birthday song in the United Kingdom. Um, <laughs> I hereby declare that anybody can can use that one for free. So to get yourself out of trouble, there might be a movement. It's, it's a bit like the whole. Um, the, the whole D-Bad podcast series was a sting for this because a few episodes ago in our birthday special, I introduced my alternative version to the Happy Birthday song. Leave it a few weeks, then I drop the bombshell that you're breaking the law if you do it in a restaurant. <laughs> you can use John's birthday anthem any day of the year. I ain't going to be coming after you. It's my gift to you, society. <laughs> and the second most common crime is to do with driving. Any guesses? Swearing and hand gesturing at people. Yeah. Yeah, and I can 40, see. 40% of us will do that. Have they got to be aware that I'm doing it? I, like, swear, but I never go... Oh, Tourette's syndrome would probably let you off the hook. It's not really? Tourette's, no. It's if I'm angry at someone, I'll swear, but they can't see that I've sworn. It's, hard, so how can it's that a hard be? thing not to do that, isn't it? It's really yeah. hard mm. not to do. I turn into a different person when I'm driving. Yeah. Mom's like, she's like, I don't understand. Mm. But like, you've just posed a really interesting philosophical question. If if Alex swears whilst driving and no one's around to hear her, is am it I a breaking crime? the law? Was it a crime? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the third most commonly committed crime is vacuuming later than six pm on a weekday night. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. Is it? Yeah. Six pm is quite early, though. Yeah. Would you sniper a neighbour for vacuuming at seven pm? Uh, have you no, considered, Ian, have you considered moving to a quieter place? I think, I'm get, I don't know you, but I'm getting the vibe that you, that, that might be what's required in your life. Just a nice little cabin in the I woods agree. or something. Yeah. 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 Where, where I can be curmudgeonly. And... Just for the safety of the people who live down your street. Yeah. Although I, I am voting are... a very good neighbour. So, you know, despite all these shortcomings, my neighbours think I'm... Voted. Yeah, Did you say vote? Quality. Well, they didn't. They didn't vote me, I suppose. But two or three neighbours. <laughs> we voted him. Two or three neighbours told me I'm an excellent neighbour. One neighbour even asked me to move near them when they moved. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mind you, to be fair, if you got rid of all the noisy drunks at the end of the night, which yeah. is one killing. Yeah. That might make you popular. And then I, I patrol any vacuum cleaners that are. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Does anybody know of uh, any brushes with the law that you had when you were younger, or things that affected your peer group? My my friend, we were we were once in a show. We were doing a show called Assassins. It's a Stephen Sondheim musical, and um, and in it, then obviously we were all playing different assassins that had tried to or succeeded in assassinating U.S. presidents. It's your absolute fantasy, isn't it? Assassinating yeah. as is, as is, as is the, the, the theme of the show. Anyway, uh, after one, one evening, then I think by mistake, my friend had put the just pretend gun in his coat pocket by mistake. And he was driving home um, down Holdness Road and they wanted to stop off for some... Um, he wasn't driving, his friend was driving. And they wanted to stop off for some fish and chips on the way back. So they pulled up at the side of the road and they went up to the fish and chip shop and they just closed, like literally just that second closed. And so he was like knocking on the window and he said, can we get some chips? And the, the woman inside was like, no, no, we've shut, we've shut. And he goes, all I want is some chips. We just, we like, you've literally just shot. You must be able to get us some chips. Can we just get some chips? She goes, no, no, we're shut. And he goes, please, come on, it'll take two seconds. No, 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 we're shut. Not really, because she'll have to really... refry the chips. It, well, she might have still had some, I don't know. Get them out of the bin. Uh, anyway, he suddenly realised that he had the pretend gun in his pocket. 
So he pulled it out, put it up against the window and said, give us some chips as a joke. And was like laughing as he did it. Anyway, the woman actually dived behind the counter and um, and they sort of laughed and wandered off. Little did they know is the woman dived behind the counter, grabbed the phone and rang the police. I would so have done. Cut to 3am in the next morning and the person who was driving got the police round to their house to say your car was you know involved in this she then told them right wasn't me it was my friend and gave them it and they went round to his house at 3am they said we've had the helicopter out we've had like um the armed police already and things like that and so it fortunately it was before he was 18 but he got himself a firearms record so there we go now it was wiped off his thing it was wiped off his um his record at 18 which was lucky because then he, he went on to become a teacher which is why I didn't want to say his name because I thought it's, it's the schools that employ him might not know that he once had a firearms record. I've got a few suggestions on alternative ways to reduce crime. Go on. Um, number one is making it illegal not to listen to Don't Be a Dickhead every week um, because I was thinking that if we're going to have no police force then we're going to have to self-regulate then we're just going to have to um, remind people of what acceptable behaviour looks like. And the consequences of, of, of not yeah. doing that was us talking, us slagging you off on a podcast. So that's the only that consequence? Yeah. The other yeah, consequence is we like get loads of listeners. They could beam you in, yeah. John. What's the Mockingjay films? Yeah. Then? The um, Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. We could, we could beam you in, John, a big scream like the Hunger Games, doing this sort of podcast, reminding people how to behave. That's an idea. Make it compulsory watching. Well, actually, I mean, that's... That, that's no more ridiculous than the concepts of the Hunger Games, which is, right, instead of having wars, we'll just make children fight. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems more extreme than, and, and actually your suggestion, and I'll call it your suggestion, your recommendation, yeah. um, it play, plays it well into our ego. And as Ian says, yeah. a listenership. Every cloud. <laughs> yeah. This, this, is, this is a multi-pronged strategy that I suggested to reduce theft. Why, do we, why are we stealing things because we want them or we can sell them to buy drugs and stuff when in every building in this country is loads of stuff that we don't actually need let's just make that stuff available instead of charity shops like as in create a place where you could just give your stuff away or sell it you could call it something like ebay or gumtree take it to the charity shop to raise money for charity that's probably better You might be a bit late with this idea, John. Say, have you yeah. just recommended second-hand shops, John, as a brand new idea? <laughs> the new thing How is long have you been on lockdown for? <laughs> I, I don't go to shops. I mean, particularly not now I've got to wear a mask. Ooh, I've got a mask. I mean... No, 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 they will be, but it's for free. You can... You can yeah, but then like, charities somebody, don't get money. If somebody broke into my house... Somebody broke into my house. I should label all of the items that they're allowed to take without me getting upset. Wow. And if they want to break in, they can have. They can have that. I mean, I've got the stuff that just never, never gets used. I don't think that's going to work. Sorry. And if we're talking dishonesty and stealing, John, how do you think the shoplifters feel about compulsory mask wearing in retail premises <laughs> from the twenty fourth? They'll be delighted. <laughs> They'll be giving a muffled yippee, won't they? All over the place, shoplifters. <laughs> So all I've got is this balaclava. I couldn't get my hand on one of them little blue ones. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we didn't like that one. What about this one, right? We legalise lots of crimes. That's a good idea. 
I've just reduced crime. It's, yeah, it's, it's a very popular idea. It's got the backing of more and more chief constables. Decriminalisation, they call it rather legalising. But but this momentum building once again, every so often this crops up every so many years and there's momentum building again. I can't see of a logical reason not to decriminalise drugs. And as, as county lines comes along and... Uh, uh, more, more fatalities, gang stabbings, and drug-related deaths. That the pressure is building and building and building, and I think, I think it will happen. Mm. You politely there, Alfie said. We call it decriminalisation rather than mine, which was legalised crime. <laughs> I do feel yeah. like <laughs> I do feel like I was overcomplicating the English language yeah. slightly. Anyway, so my, my next concept is that we give all convicted criminals public speaking training. Because there's so many of them doing the rounds now when they're going on schools and stuff like going, oh, yeah, I was a right man and I've turned my life around and stuff like that. What a great way of turning your life yeah. around. We, 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 just could, we could grow them exponentially so that it becomes a legitimate career path to get sent to prison for drug and violent crime offences to then come out and then inspire people not to do the same. When, when I used to do stuff around schools, then we used, to, we used to sometimes take someone around schools with us who's an ex-prisoner who used to talk to the kids about prison and things like that. And one week he couldn't make it. And he said, but don't worry, I've got a mate can come along. So I was like, all right, does he know what he's going to be saying then? He goes, yeah, don't worry. Uh, he said he's done this sort of thing before as well. I've told him what to say. I've told him all the questions <laughs> you'll be asking him. So I was like, all right, fair enough. So then this lad turned up and he seemed perfectly fine. And I got him up on stage at the end of it all. And I said, so, and so and then I started talking to him. And I mean, and this guy loved prison. I mean, he loved prison. <laughs> And all he talked about was how great the food was, how you know, how nice the accommodation was, and like, I mean, like, it was like he was selling a five star hotel. He absolutely loved it. The kids I couldn't do, wait I, to I, sign I, up. Yeah, exactly. I had to usher him off stage in the end. Where do I sign? This is great. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that that one may be fraught with difficulty as well. Next concept, right? This, and it comes back to the, what we were discussing about the media earlier on. So what we do is we give the glamorization of criminals a less glamorous ending. So you, you, all you see things like organized crime, like Ocean's Eleven, you've got like Brad Pitt and George Clooney, and it's just like the coolest thing in the world to go robbing people. What we should see them get arrested and then sodomized in prison. Yeah, can't we? Just, just a really like sad, low-key ending to that. To all the films. Rec yeah, Requiem for a Dream, the Darren Aronofsky one. That is absolutely miserable at the end. And my last one, and I can't really claim this is my idea, but I'm going to try, um, is what we, what we do is we, we create a, a notion that when you die, that's not necessarily the end. And if you've been a good person, you go to this really good place and you get like rewarded in eternal bliss. But if you've been a bad person, you go to, I don't know, like a fiery bad place where they like poke you up the bum with hot rods and things should, like that for eternity. You should try and sell that to people, you know, that yeah. idea. There seems to be a painful anal ending to all your ideas, John. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? You should say that. Closing <laughs> thoughts on this, that when it comes to, to, to committing a crime and, and, and the law, we all make up our own rules. We all decide what our social justice is. We've all got our own moral, moral bar, haven't we? Yeah. We've all got a moral bar whether it's acceptable to shoot somebody for hoovering after 6pm, <laughs> whether it's legitimate to release all of the animals without having to worry about the consequences. 
or anything to do with sodomy and anal pain, apparently. Uh. I think I might change that ending. Yeah, I think we should, maybe. <laughs> From your perspective, John, that should never be a crime. It's not something I've ever participated in. I believe it's a, it used to be illegal, didn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's not the only reason I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, it did. It was, it was, it was uh, illegal to have uh, anal sex with your own wife. Was it? Yeah. But could you do it with somebody else? Up until fairly recently. <laughs> yeah, I probably worded that wrong, didn't I? But uh, <laughs> up until fairly recently, I think I think that was a ah. class as a crime. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a good way to send the show. Yeah. Da-dum-dum. On that piece of wisdom. Up until recently, if you've been wanting to unfold your brown wings <laughs> and it's been <laughs> the process to that has been, I can't, it's illegal. You've heard it from Alfie, but oh, the law has changed. It's now legitimate. Yeah. Thanks, thanks very much. Yeah, leave that in and uh, make it the big finish. Thanks a lot. I'd appreciate that. I think we've hit rock bottom right there. Yeah. <laughs> but we've hit rock bottom before. We've just found out you can dig even deeper. Yeah. So on that note, thank you for joining us for Don't Be A Dickhead Does Crime. I've been John Gilbert. I've been Ian Thompson. I've been Alex King. I've been Alfie Moore. And remember... Don't be a dickhead!